The Giants have been the epitome of mediocre the last couple of seasons, finishing exactly 500 two years ago, just a couple games below 500 last year. And surprise, surprise, Pakota projections are out. And guess what? Giants are projected at 81 and 81. But hey, I'm going to tell you why at this point in the offseason, that's not necessarily a horrible thing. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. I've also been uh, doing Locked on Giants for almost five years. We're coming up on that anniversary. Um, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already. Um, and please hit that subscribe button wherever you're, it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get 200 bucks in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And where we get started is with the Pakoda projections. Now, this is not just a full disclosure. I am not like Team Pakoda necessarily. I don't think they do the best projections, but they're just one of a number of projection systems that primarily kind of focuses on team record as opposed to a lot of the projections I talk about on this show. I'm talking about individual player projections. And in fact, later on, we're going to get into Jung-Hoo Lee a little bit more, the most significant addition the Giants have made this offseason, $113 million plus a $19 million plus 19 point something million dollar posting fee. And so a significant addition, and we're going to look at, you know, we've we've already looked at projections for him in the past, but there are even more that have come out since. And so we'll talk about how there's a really interesting trend there. But the Pakota projections, I just noticed this because I was reading uh, Grant Brisby uh, in The Athletic, and they, uh, not they, and in the article, we found um, what the Pakota projections were for the San Francisco Giants and what they were, it like doesn't shock me is 81.0 wins, 81.0 right on the nose, like a 500 team, a thousand simulations. The Giants are the averagest team that ever averaged. So I'm just kind of skimming through Grant, what Grant Brisby wrote here. Um, and he mentions correctly that the Braves and Dodgers are projected to win 100 games or more, but that everybody else, like this is a tremendous point that he makes here, is that, and honestly, this is the point I have made too, which is that we overly focus on the division and and how hard it is to win the division and keeping up with the Dodgers. Yes, it stinks that like if you just concede the division like right away, 
But if you're being realistic, I mean, the Dodgers are just on another planet. And it's not just then the Giants. It's then like almost everybody else, maybe outside of the Braves in the National League. And these projections say that. But of course, weird, crazy things happen. We've seen it 2021. Um, But you've got 100 plus win projections for the Braves and Dodgers. And then beyond that, the next best team by these projections is 85 and a half wins. And so if you're the Giants and you're coming up with a win projection of 81, you're right there in the thick of it. And um, unfortunately, what it means is that you never would get to, you know, if you don't win the division, there's no chance of skipping that first round, which is definitely a benefit because you have 0% chance of being eliminated in that first round. Whereas if you have to play it, you have a chance of being eliminated in that first round. But I think if you had a choice of skipping the first round altogether or winning the first round, it seems like it's almost better to win that first round because the other teams do seem to get a little bit rusty and you're coming off a thrilling win and, you know, champagne celebration. And so you're riding high and the other team's just kind of sitting back getting rusty. And so I digress. I mean, the projections, 85 and a half wins for the Cardinals. Interestingly, you know, the Cardinals got a horrible season projecting as the third best team in the National League. This is kind of where I get a little bit like, mm, you know, Pakoda, not my favorite. And I don't know that I trust this, but hey, uh, Cardinals collapse last year was unexpected. Uh, And then the D-backs, 85.2. Phillies, 84.3. Mets, 83.6. And then there's the Giants at 81. And so that would have them as the team like right on the edge that misses out on the postseason. I feel like they've been just consistently kind of in that spot projections-wise. But, okay, with all of that said... The good news about, well, let me just finish. There's a couple teams at 80 point something. The Marlins and the Cubs, 80.3, 80.2. And then the Padres, how about this? Last year, they were projected to win like 100 plus games. And now they're at 79.7. It's just kind of crazy what one bad year and then trading away some players and losing some players in free agency. That's the thing. We get overly worked up about a team like the Padres and then they fall flat on their face and then look at where they are now projection wise. So anyway, there's a lot of teams kind of squished together. Like we're talking nine teams between 78 and 85 uh, and a half wins. And that's pretty close. And the margin of error in baseball, the, 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 what is it called? The, I forget what it's called, but like the normal expected kind of error is you're not going to likely land exactly on your projection the plus or minus like is pretty wide uh in terms of expected outcomes so but so what i'm saying is the good news is for the giants is that there are still ways like to significantly improve the team and i think that they will you may be skeptical about that i'm just gonna go on record as i have over and over and over just because it's february 6th uh doesn't mean that you can't make major additions because there just so happened to be four major free agents sitting out there on the free agent market. And it's easy to look at the Giants and be like, why aren't they just going out and signing these guys? I've seen people say, like I've gotten tweets at me like saying, uh, Matt Chapman 
wants to be a giant, but the giants are just ignoring him. Like, that's just a totally made-up narrative. I don't know who is saying that, like, unless it's just a guess by whoever wrote that to me. But that's not what's happening at all. We have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. There's There's always the possibility that they even, like have deals with players or like tentative deals with players and they're waiting until they can put guys on the 60 day IL in order to uh, clear spots on the roster for those players. And that deadline is coming up pretty soon here, like within a week or so, I think at the start of spring training. And so, um, and pitchers and catchers report next Wednesday. And so I'm not exactly sure what the date is. It may be that Wednesday, but you know, that's a big deal. I think the 40 man is full. And so look, I think that the Giants will make at least one more significant addition. And hey, they're in a position where they can make two or three significant additions potentially, some probably via trade if it's that many, but at the same time, like they're not done. In my opinion, if they're done, they didn't do enough. But if they're if they're not done, then you have a chance to vault yourself into that same territory where you're right in the mix with all the other teams that aren't the Braves and the Dodgers in the National League. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we are going to turn our attention to Keith Law's top 100 prospects. Now, uh, we said we were going to get to this yesterday. We weren't able to fit it in, but we're going to get to it today. Where do where, who are the Giants on this list? This is a new top 100 list. We like to look at them all. And Keith Law coming up in just a minute. But before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. Me personally, back when I had a 2002 BMW M3, uh, very much used uh, when when I bought it, I, I kind of added some classy style using eBay Motors and everything fit perfectly and was just it was just a breeze and totally upgraded the car with over 122 million parts uh for your number one ride or die as mine was at the time and now it's no longer with us uh, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need At the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP like I did and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Alrighty, as promised, we're going to get into this Keith Law Top 100 Prospects list in the athletic now no offense to keith law but once again i'm going to do the same caveat i did with picota and say he it's not my favorite top 100 i'm not saying it's not worth looking at at all i think keith law is obviously good at what he does um but there are other prospect analysts who i trust more there was one famous keith law moment where he like 
redid the draft that included like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and stuff. And, and he said that he would take Andrelton Simmons as the number one pick in that draft. And his reasoning was that he thinks or thought that Simmons's defense would like allow him to have the longest remaining career and uh, rack up the most war. You know, it was just like, I just like couldn't believe what I was reading. You're talking about you'd rather have Andrelton Simmons's career than Harper or Manny Machado. Like that's just insane to me. And it there's a little bit of that like I want to be different. So again, no offense. I just that's just my observation. Um but so there is a little bit of that where it's like he doesn't conform to what everyone else is saying necessarily. And so you get some differences. And one of those differences, by the way, is Kyle Harrison. He's super high on and he just keeps being super high on him. Even like his 2023 ranking was 12th. And in 2024, Kyle Harrison comes in as the Giants number one prospect at 11th overall, according to Keith Law who says, quote, the top left-handed pitching prospect in baseball, that MLB.com believes the same thing, that Harrison is the best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Um, Law continues, Harrison had a rough go in his AAA debut last year, walking 16.3% of hitters. I appreciate that Keith Law is using percentage and not like walks per nine which is you know just the percentage it's simply like what percent of batters did you walk it's so much more of a straightforward metric whereas walks per nine can be misleading he says at least some of which was likely attributable to the automated ball strike system that's used in some triple a games and missing a month with a hamstring injury but he showed much better in his seven major league starts including throwing a lot more strikes than expected harrison comes with a low three quarters arm slot that makes him very tough on left-handed hitters working 92 97 with a hard running life along with a hard slurve that mostly breaks downward and a changeup that's potentially plus and has good separation from the fastball. It's not an easy delivery to repeat, so his command will probably always be a question, but the improved control in the majors was a great sign and his sudden trouble with the long ball, eight homers allowed in 34 and two-thirds major league innings, four of them against or excuse me, four of them in a single start seems fluky with three coming from left-handed batters. So I 100% agree with that. Um, Yes. So he continues, everyone wants to make pitchers who throw like Harrison into Chris Sale, but I think that's unfair to both guys. The White Sox gave Chris Sale a new grip that turned his slider into a 70 on the 20 to 80 scouting scale, while Harrison may end up relying much more on the fastball changeup and saving his breaker for left-on-left crime. Regardless of how he put it puts it together, he looks like a number two starter. Like now is what he's saying. He looks like a number two starter and has that ace upside if the command takes a leap or if he can tighten up the slurve, end quote. So I apologize for the long read there, but when you're talking about a guy who is considered by this prospect analyst to be the 11th best prospect in baseball, a guy who projects to be in the Giants opening day starting rotation and is very young. I believe he's 22. He may be 23 at this point. Let's see. Kyle Harrison. Let's find out for sure. I'm pretty sure he's definitely 22 or 23. That's my, he's 22 and a half kind of right in the middle. Um, turns 23 in, in 
August. So Giants have this guy in the major leagues. MLB and Keith Law agree that he's the top left-handed pitching prospect in the game. So, you know, for all the criticism of this regime and whatnot, this is one po- this is certainly one feather in their cap is drafting Kyle Harrison and they drafted him like what in the third round or something like that and so you know and, and signed him to an overslot deal he was committed to ucla blah 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 but um yeah just a, a meteoric rise and and a potential breakout candidate for sure uh for harrison but it gets a little gloomier after that because the next giants player we find we have to go all the way to number 84 so that is disappointing when you're talking about a guy like marco luciano who last year came in on Keith Law's very own rankings at at number 21. So Keith Law was pretty high on Marco Luciano, and that's fallen quite a bit. And so the explanation, um, I'm going to probably not read this whole thing, but he says, Luciano started the year on the IL while recovering from a stress fracture in his lower back and finally got rolling after some time in double A, then ended up in the big leagues and was mostly overmatched. He did hit the ball very hard in the majors, as he's done everywhere when healthy, and he's able to keep up with fastballs, but off-speed stuff was an issue even in double A and killed him at the next two stops. And he went from a 30% strikeout rate in AA to 35% in AAA to 37% in the big leagues, which is all an argument that he should have stayed in AA until he showed better non-fastball recognition. Keith Law says he's also not a shortstop, and I think moving him to left field might allow him to focus more on developing the bat while also perhaps keeping him healthy. He's still quite young, just 22 all season with barely 300 professional games on his resume. And he's got a strong swing that's geared for 25 to 30 homers. I never bought him as a shortstop or really even a second baseman, but I thought the bat would be more advanced than this. He can still be an above average regular if the Giants give him the time to develop his pitch recognition. And so that's kind of like a wet blanket on Marco Luciano but at the same time you know he does point out he's quite young just 22 all season and they kind of rushed him a little bit and that they're you know also the fact that he kept up with fastballs that's a good sign I mean if you can't hit the fastball you can't play in this league but you also need to like the strikeout rate stuff I I I think that the analysis that law is providing here is is kind of spot on. You don't like to see that kind of trend. It was in a small sample, although I'll also say that in the small sample that we saw Luciano in the majors, he looked pretty decent at shortstop, if not kind of good. And I just haven't seen enough of him to be all these people outside the Giants organization say he's not a shortstop. All the more reason, again, I just discussed this yesterday, but I did a full episode on why the Giants should trade for Willie Adamas. Right after the, the Brewers traded Corbin Burns to the Orioles, you know, it made it clear that they're probably willing to listen on Willie Adamas, who, like Corbin Burns, is a free agent after the 2024 season. And so trading for Willie Adamas and then like shifting look, I mean, Keith Law's suggestion that Luciana go to left isn't totally feasible because you have Conforto, you have Luis Matos, those guys like kind of project into left right now. 
And you've got in center, Jung-Hoo Lee, who we're going to talk about next. And in right, you've got Yastrzemski, you've got Slater. And so I don't really see the fit or like like how he fits into the outfield right now. Whereas I have said, if you go get like a Willie Adamas, you can let third base become more of a competition and merit-based with Casey Schmidt, Marco Luciano, J.D. Davis, all those guys kind of competing uh, particularly the young guys, like I'd like to see Schmidt and Luciano kind of compete and see, you know, the defense of Schmidt, the the potential of the bat with Luciano, and see who comes out on top, um, and just let them develop in in that way. I'd I'd just really like to see that. So I still believe what I said: go trade for Willie Adamas, and you know, don't totally rely on Marco Luciano. So the last player i believe there's only one more giants player to appear on the list and that is going to be bryce eldridge and that's interesting so he's an he was also on mlb.com's list he comes in at number uh, 85 here one spot below marco luciano and um this is his first year of eligibility to be on a on a list he was just drafted in the lat in the latest draft and so i'm going to read quickly uh the write-up Eldridge was a two-way prospect in high school, 91-95 off the mound, but without an average second pitch. So his future always seemed to be in the batter's box. He's 6'7 and can show you the huge power that you associate with those taller guys. But unlike most hitters his size, he has a very short swing and there's reason to hope He'll be an outlier among his peers when it comes to contact rate. His technique is geared toward putting the ball in play rather than a dead pull approach to show off his power. So he goes the other way, comfortably hits the ball very hard when he does so. He was bothered by an ankle injury for the latter half of the spring and wasn't running that well even over the summer when the Giants moved him to right field from his high school position of first base. Although I'd reserve judgment on his outfield defense until this season when we see him at full go. There's definitely risk here as the history of hitters six, seven and up is not great because of their size, because their size typically means they swing a miss too often. The expectations have done it. Uh, the exceptions have done it, excuse me, with huge power like Aaron judge and the late Frank Howard Eldridge's ceiling is one of is one where the power comes, but he also maintains a higher contact rate than the lowercase G giants uh, because of the shape of his swing. So I don't know. This is an exciting guy. And the fact that he's appearing on top 100 lists, uh, including law, just writing him off as a pitcher, whereas the giants are going to let him do both is, I don't know. Eldridge is just an exciting guy to watch with that six, seven frame and the power, but also the ability to potentially hit for average with that kind of height and size and, and power potential. So, uh, he's someone to watch for sure going into 2024. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, we're going to get into Jung-Hoo Lee. You know why? Because there's 51 days until spring training, uh, excuse me, until the opener, not spring, there's like a week until spring training, 51 days until opening day, and that's Jung-Hoo Lee's number. So we're going to use that opportunity to discuss more about Jung-Hoo Lee and the projections and what is so interesting about them. And... I find it fascinating. We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode, yes, my friends, is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you live around here, you're probably happier than most because the 49ers, yes, indeed, are in the Super Bowl. 
uh, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, getting your favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. And also being super nervous when your team is in the big game. So head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and new customers. When you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. And you can bet on uh, just about anything uh, with Super Bowl 58 or like who will win the game. I mean, you can bet on who will win the game or things like which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, etc. Right now, the odds are the Niners are favorites at minus 130 on the money line. The spread, their favorites, uh, of course, at minus two and a half points and the over under 47 and a half points. So again, fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, we're going to get into Jung-Hoo Lee just a little bit. Why not? 51 days until uh, opening day, and number 51 is Jung-Hoo Lee. And so what what I find so interesting is that the projection systems, like if you look on, on fan graphs and you just like type in Jung-Hoo Lee, type in anybody's name, it's kind of great. That's what I love about fan graphs, like one of the many things, is that you're literally looking at this is how many projection systems they they have like under on the player page. They've got zips, the bat X, the bat, ATC, and steamer. And then you've got these other things. There's zips DC and there's uh fan graphs, fan graphs depth charts. And so those two can be kind of ignored. I guess the fan graphs depth charts shouldn't be ignored because what that is is just a combination of zips and steamer. Uh, and then playing time adjustments. And the ZIPS DC is ZIPS depth charts. So it's the same kind of rate stats, but um, with the with the Fangraph's projected playing time. And so it's important to know what those are. And the BAT-X is one of the better projection systems out there. ATC is like an average of a million, not a million, I don't know how many, but a lot of different projection systems. And it turns out to be really good because of that. Like when you just average all the projection systems, it turns out to be one of the best, if not the best. So anyway, I love that we get so many different projections and it allows us to see kind of the variance, like the range of predicted outcomes for players especially players who are new to the league like Jung Hu Lee anyway I do want to tell you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV yes that's right Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today on Amazon Fire TV. All right, getting into Jung-Hoo Lee. For those of you who have missed me discussing the projections for Lee, basically they're all good. They're not like MVP level good, but they're like borderline all-star good or at least like above average good. Um, and what's so interesting to me is that when we look at the projections, like there's not a wide range of 
projected outcomes. I was about to say outcomes, but the thing is, obviously, we don't know what's actually going to happen. But the the it's these are like different projection systems, and they're all coming out with basically the same numbers. So that's not like groupthink or anything. That's just uh, agreement, consensus among the systems on what how these how this guy translates to the major leagues. And so I've seen a lot of talk about he's double A, blah, blah, blah. Like the KBO is like double A. Well, if the KBO is like double A, this guy is due for a promotion to the majors based on the numbers he was putting up in double A. Like he was the best player there in the whole league. And so, you know, good major league players also play in double A at some point in their careers. And so if that's where the KBO really is, I mean, it's more about projections and teams rely on projections, they have their own projections. I'm sure they kind of look at external projections, but they have their own and they're probably more accurate than these even. And for Lee, let me just ra- uh, rattle off some numbers. They've got him the range for batting average. The low end of the spectrum is 285, and that comes from the bat. Uh, but the and the bat X at 285, which would be one of the best in the game. Like nobody hits 300. I mean, there's like two, three players who hit over 300 in a in a year. Something like you know five maybe, but it's an impossible standard. League average is like 242 or something. So 285 is the low end of the range for Lee, with 291 being the high end from Steamer. So a a range of just uh, six points there from 285 to 291. They're all in agreement that he's somewhere in that range. And then on base percentage, the range goes from uh, 344, which is the bat and the bat X, and the high end is three 354, and that is steamer. So 344 to 354, again, a narrow kind of band of expected or projected outcomes. And then for slugging, uh, the low end coming from zips at 416 and the high end actually coming from the bat X, which was the low one on batting average and on base. So that's a differential of 17 points, but still 416, 433. So in terms of weighted runs created plus, which just kind of puts it all together and 100 is league average. The low number is zips at 110. The high number is steamer at 116. And so the middle is 113. No surprise, ATC, which is, again, the average of all the projection systems, is at 113. And so, you know, 10 to 16% above average is, is kind of what these projection systems see for Lee with positive contributions on defense. And so counting the depth charts versions of the projections which take into account projected playing time. Uh, The low end is 2.6 wins above replacement, which is above average already, and that's the low end. And the high number is steamer at 3.5. And so, you know, I would take anywhere in that range, preferably, you know, the higher end. But if he's somewhere in the middle, and again, ATC has him kind of right in the middle at 2.9. I guess the middle is 3.1, which is where the bat is on him the bat and the bat X. So a three win player is nice, but that's included, you know, in that Pakoda projection system is their accounting. I don't know. Pakoda does their own projections. So anyway, just thought 
some Jung Hoo Lee talk was appropriate with 31 today, 51 days to go until opening day. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're finally going to get back to a mailbag tomorrow. So look out on Twitter tonight for the prompt, and we will get to your questions tomorrow as we will be a week away from spring training. Very exciting. Anyway, once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, and only if you like it, just kidding, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much, as long as it's positive. So thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow answering your questions. Thanks again for listening. Today, you are now Locked on Giants.